The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. Uh, thank you guys so, I missed so much. I missed it that time. I know, you completely <laughs> missed it that time. Uh, thanks for, for listening. Once again, a reminder, please give us five stars in a review. Um, I see a few of you uh, listened to my scolding last week about how you're not doing it enough, um, but most of you didn't. So listen up, fuckers. Get to it because I'm tired of begging at the top of the of every show. You know what I mean? Right, Vince? I like it when you beg. So, you know, you guys do what you got to do and uh, we'll do I mean, we'll if you want to, you can... You can write one of those weird reviews where, you know, you're like, oh, Matt Lee keeps talking about feet. I don't care. Just as long as there's five stars. All right. I'm, I'm done begging. Uh, let's get to our guest. So today, the episode we're going to talk about is from season 6B, episode four, Chasing It. And our guest is a, another returning champion of Pod Yourself a Gun. You've heard him on such podcasts as Chapo Trap House. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Will Meneker. Gentlemen, a joy to be here. Happy to have you back, man. Thanks for uh, coming back to talk Sopranos with us. It's, it will be a pleasure to be chasing it with you today. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, uh... Last time you came on, it was the uh, the famous Christopher Columbus episode. Oh yeah, of, indeed. And uh, that one is just that's a solid banger. I mean, throughout you got some of the uh, some of the greatest scenes I think in Sopranos history. Arguably the most memed or maybe screen capped uh, episode of The Sopranos. I think so. It's you know it's got the uh, Italian American discrimination shit, and uh, it's got fucking you know. Uh, a, a, an entire treatise on uh, Christopher Columbus, and uh, so it's 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 good. But this one, I feel like, is a uh, this is a close second, at least in my opinion, for one of my favorite episodes. This is the famous Vito Junior is a goth episode of The Sopranos. I mean, I don't know if this this is like the second most meme Sopranos episode, but it certainly deserves to yes. be uh, high up there in the meme rankings. Just basically for for one scene and one scene alone. <laughs> yeah, I want to see a, a, a we, screen we cap. Get, we will get to that. Oh, yeah. we will, we will. But first, we must of course ask you a, a quick Sopranos interview question. Um, you a fan of the Sopranos? I uh, don't really care for it. No, 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, who's your favorite Sopranos character? Uh, it's got to be Richie Aprile. Richie Aprile, yeah, yeah. It, why? What? What makes him so great? Um, just his violent sociopathy and just sort of um <laughs> seething madness <laughs> and instability. It's the jacket. Yeah. It's got to be the jacket, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his love for that jacket was really, I think, what endeared me to him mm -hmm. uh, more than anything. Like, close second to him running over Beansy for not visiting him <laughs> in prison. Um, and he's also, uh, you know, he stands up for, um, like, he stands up for women. You he know? does. Like, he's a yeah, feminist. He's, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a male ally and a he, feminist. Mm -hmm. He's um, sex he positive. Does yoga. Yeah, he's, he's very sex positive. Yeah. Um, he's not afraid, not afraid to like li live out his kinks openly in a relationship. Exactly. He does yeah. And, you yeah. know, uh, like a, a sort of a, a socially progressive force um, in uh, northern northern New Jersey. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most socially liberal Italian man from New Jersey ever. <laughs> yes. <Richie Aprile. laughs> Never kink shame Janice. That was what I liked about it. Yeah, him. yeah. You point that gun at my head. He was like, I'll do it. Happily. Happily so. In fact, he was really kind of murdered for no real reason. I mean, you know, he slips up one time, you know, and hits Janice, and then all of a sudden he's fucking, what, he's canceled? That's, that's fucking cancel culture right there, she, man. She can't, yeah, Janice canceled him pretty thoroughly. No yeah, coming back up. from that one. No coming back. One minute they're um, role playing, and then all of a sudden, he, you know, he does one thing wrong, and, uh, and that's the end. That doesn't seem fair. You know, Sopranos has some of, like, I think the most memorable uh, kinks of, I think, any TV show uh, in recent memory. Like, you've got, you know, obviously the gunplay that he does. But also, I would say my favorite kink also comes from the episode you were on, um, uh, Will. Which oh, is yeah. Ralph Cifaretto um, being fucked in the ass with a vibrator. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> pretending to be a, bro. He's pretending to be a, 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 a as, as as Phil describes Vito Junior later in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> Puerto Rican war. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's like uh, saying, uh, you know, she's gonna pimp him out and everything. And uh, yeah, it's really, I, you got to give it to the Sopranos for being one of the most sexually progressive shows, uh, I think, in in television history. It's a beautiful show. So not just not just missionary and cowgirl on the yeah. Sopranos. You know they're exactly. showing all the beautiful all the beautiful variations in yes. human lovemaking strategies. Yeah, yeah. The nuances, it's the rich of love. tapestry. What is, uh, uh, Will? What is your favorite kink? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know, like uh, just just holding hands, kissing. Mm. Uh -huh, you know, yeah. like or it's like it's a role playing as being uh, just very vanilla. I love that. Yeah, like yeah. a norm norm core yeah. role norm core, norm core hardcore. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes That's... I just slide into my wife's DM to say, Hello, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> show me your vagana. <laughs> uh show me tots. Anyways, but this is not a podcast about talking about various kinks of our guests. No, this is a Sopranos podcast, as you all know. And we cannot play or we cannot start the podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. 
Pod. Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. Once again, we're going to be talking about from season 6B of The Sopranos, episode 4, Chasing It, uh, which premiered on April 29th, 2007. Vince, uh, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Tony hits an unlucky series of gambling losses, causing tension with both Carmela and Hesh. AJ and Blanca decide to make major changes in their relationship. That's true. That was the synopsis that I read and realized that I had watched the wrong episode for this recording as initially scheduled. Because I was like, wow, these synopsises are bad sometimes, but this one feels but, yeah. way off. Like, I don't <laughs> remember any gambling. Way up. None of this happens. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, a little behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> Vince yesterday, an hour and a half, or no, half an hour before the podcast was like, yo, I, uh, I watched the wrong episode. And... Uh, you know, I forgive you, Vince. But you know what? Look, I'm prepped in advance for next week's episode. Like, I got that. It's all taken yeah. care of. Hell yeah! I mean, Me- I, I could have I could have accommodated yesterday, but I ha- I had to go. Uh, I had to I had to do my civic duty and go see Michael Bay's ambulance in the midst of a still at large mass shooter on the New York City subway system. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> so I, I was you know, curious. I, mean, I, was I not, forgot. And you know, like I, I I you know like it was just no cars. I can't take a car to the movie theater. They're all taken yeah. up because you know like no one's taking the subway. So yeah. I had to get on the subway, but there's no way, no way I was going to be even a minute late. To Michael Bay's ambulance. God, did you right. uh, did you enjoy it? I forgot. I forgot that that's uh, what happened. Oh, I uh, it was probably the most fun I've had in the movies, and like I can't remember when. I fucking loved it. Michael I, Bay's ambulance. It's a career high for him. In my I was opinion. gonna say, yeah, it had to be his <laughs> best movie in like at least ten years. I mean, what I feel like, what I don't know, what other. Other than Transformers, has well, he, he made anything a, else? He made a Benghazi movie. He made that movie. movie like Six Underground that yeah. was on Netflix. It was Terrible. sort of more of a Ryan Reynolds movie than a than a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> then he did the Benghazi movie, obviously. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he did that. Oh, man. Didn't that, was that the one that had Jack Ryan or uh, what's his name? The, the, the guy the, from The Office. Jim yeah. from The Office, yeah. yeah. Office Jim. Yeah. <laughs> He was yeah, one, of, uh, one of the secret soldiers of Benghazi. You can mm. sense uh, Michael Bay still wanting to like glorify the police and uh, the soldiers, but like in this movie, there aren't any, and he also knows that like I don't. It feels like he knows that they're slightly out of fashion, and so he just went straight to like glorifying a, a hot EMT. Um, nice. Well, I mean, well, it's like it's post pandemic. So like yeah. the new heroes are, of course, as they should be, you know, nurses and mm-hmm. uh, first responder, you know, like a, exactly. a paramedic first responders, not <laughs> Dude, not police first responders. If you've got boots, Michael Bay's got polished. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. And, and what I like about that, what I like about ambulance is um, like alongside his uh, reverential worship of meathead cops, <laughs> he has the same reverential worship for meathead oh. cartel killers. <laughs> yeah. So he like strong men, like yeah. strong men and bimbos. Didn't it feel like every fourth character was clearly like a military consultant that he'd given a speaking role as a thank you? <laughs> yeah, a lot of bald heads and, yeah. and 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 scary looking mustaches. And one guy like could have been a Sopranos character. His name was just Randazzo, and his yep. that's his also his actual name. Who's just a bald he played himself? Italian guy who uh, yep. says like, "Oh, this fucking guy, Maron, <laughs> look at this Mama Luke over here." 
uh, before uh, spoiler alert, getting his brains absolutely split in half by a sniper bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he knew he wasn't long for this world. No, no, but he was just, just a, just a little flavor. Just, just so, so, so generous to the characters in his movies. I loved it. <laughs> so, but enough about ambulance. Uh, five bags of popcorn is my review. But uh, let's let's go back to let's go stick it to the Six of the Sopranos here. Yeah, okay. let's 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 get back to what this is really about. Uh, tits and meat. So, Vince, uh, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? Oh, that's right, Matt. I think we need uh, cultural context in sure order to do. evaluate this episode. Uh, and for that, we're going to go all the way to the Remember When machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, bop, bop, shoo, bop. Remember then, 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 then. Remember. Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Yeah. That's right. We're going all the way back to April 29th, 2007. Uh, I initially was thought that a was... a riot on the street. Tell me where... I'm sorry, uh -huh. go ahead. <laughs> right. I, I was, see, I thought it was uh, Judgment Day from T2, but that's August 29th, uh, um, 1997, right. I believe. Um, so well, things that were happening, uh, this was the day after the 2007 NFL draft. Um, Fun. The Raiders uh, selected Jamarcus Russell, number one, who <laughs> okay. obviously turned out to be a great football player and sure played many, one many of the seasons. best, uh -huh. <laughs> one of the greatest who yeah. ever played, one of the biggest uh, busts of all time. Of um, all time. Yes. Followed by Calvin Johnson to the Lions and uh, Joe Thomas, an offensive tackle, selected third by the Browns, who <sighs> did not miss a single play until 2017. Very, pretty, pretty impressive. Very relevant. Sopranos based information Look, here. We got some more news stories that are very relevant to the Sopranos. Okay, good. Uh, you know, this episode obviously is about Vito's goth son. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, goth sons were in the zeitgeist uh, at the time. Uh, this was actually, this was just 13 days after the Virginia Tech shooting. Oh, um, I remember that. Yeah. That was bad. Cho Sung Wee killed 32 people. Um, and on, on the same day, or actually it was the, the day before, April 28th, there was a Ward Parkway shooting uh, at a mall in uh, Kansas City. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, David, so uh, David Logden so used the home of his next door neighbor for days while her dead body lay on the floor before he drove her car to a shopping mall and opened fire, ki fire killing two people. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad America's of... gotten over that kind of horrible thing that happened yeah. Yeah. used to happen in the, in, in the distant past. <laughs> we have not had a mass shooting since. You know, I was thinking about the Virginia Tech shooting um, as it pertains to the Brooklyn shooting that just happened in that um, the, I feel like the Brooklyn shooting was done with like a small caliber pistol, right? I mean, it's... I... It, the, that's what it seems like because nobody yeah. died and everyone is, uh, but a lot of people got shot. Um, and I was like, you know, you know, I, it's probably not a white guy. Like every, every mass shooting, I'm like, it's a white guy. The white mm. guy did it. Um, but I was like, no, Cause white guys Cause they're compensating they for something with their gun size. Is that what you're saying? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, no, the only person like who's going to be, I don't know, I guess fucking just secure enough in their masculinity to use a pistol uh, is got to be a black guy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to cut that from you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, well, white people use AR-15s and, um, when you white know. People uh, see, 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 white people shoot a jump, uh, subway full of people like this. And black guy, uh... 
Yeah. <laughs> he, does, he does it cool, but doesn't kill anyone. Exactly. Yeah. But Virginia Tech showed he used pistols. Anyway, yeah, he did. And on. you know, look, there was the, the media was still uh, in full speculation mode about Virginia, Virginia Tech. Um, one headline from the Post: Did Dateline push Cho too far? Cho? Uh huh. Cho Sung Wee. Oh 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? Dateline? Uh huh. The following are facts. Make of them what you choose. On oh, Sunday gosh. night, April 15th, 12 hours before Cho Sung Wee began his killing spree on the Virginia Tech campus, Dateline NBC devoted its entire show to telling the story of psychotic murderer Robert Hyde. Hyde was a bright young man from Albuquerque who began to suffer a steady mental deterioration until one day in 2005, he shot and killed five people. Uh... Uh-huh. The morning after NBC's show aired, Cho, described by cl- schoolmates as an all-night TV watcher, shot and killed two people. Uh, he then returned... Oh, my God. Are they blaming the news? Uh-huh. Well, Dateline NBC <laughs> is not quite the news, but yeah. Okay. He then returned to a dormitory to mail a parcel to NBC. It included a note from Cho that began, You forced me into a corner. Uh, what? Surely Cho's diseased mind was prepped and primed to commit mass murder at some point. But did NBC's show the night before serve as his prompt? In his afflicted state, did that deadline installment push him over the edge? It's unlikely that we'll ever know. And that you said that was in the New York Post? Yes. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it was like, um, could NBC's must-see TV lineup of comedy blockbusters on Thursday nights, could that have, could that have uh, inspired this horrible mass shooting? Uh, uh, watch Married watch with Married with Children reruns on your local Fox affiliate to cure yourself of homicidal urges. It, in other, uh, you know, this episode is about missing fathers and the trauma that they cause, uh, which is... Uh, coincidentally, this was the same week as the uh, Alec Baldwin's Rude Little Pig tape uh, was leaked <laughs> to the press, <laughs> which uh, we all know and One remember. One of my favorite. His, definitely his hottest mixtape. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're allowed to play it because it looks like most of it got, most of the versions of it got pulled from YouTube, but I do have a transcript. Uh, oh, please. We, yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, you have insulted me for the last time. You have insulted me. You don't have the brains or the decency as a human being. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or that you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care what you do as far as I'm concerned. I forgot that he he didn't remember exactly how old his daughter was. <laughs> you have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. And when I come out there next week, I'm going to fly out there for the day just to straighten you out on this issue. I'm going to let you know just how disappointed in you I am and how angry I am with you that you've done this to me again. You've made me feel like shit and you've made me feel like a fool over and over and over again. And this crap you pull on me with this goddamn phone situation that you would never dream about doing to your mother and you do it to me constantly and over and over again. I'm going to get on a plane or I'm going to come out there for the day and I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? I'm going to really make sure you get it. Going to get like on a Army plane. Army Hammer fucking DMs right here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> going to turn you around and I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday the 20th to meet with me. So I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. You are a rude, thoughtless little pig, okay? That's really hot. I don't know wow. why. I mean, he's an uh, articulate guy. Yeah. I mean, God, that, I mean, just... <sighs> That's definitely the worst thing that Alec Baldwin's ever done. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's definitely 
Luckily, no, I'm after just like, that, well, I mean, this this syncs up with this episode because he's like yelling at his daughter, and he's like. You need to be there for your mother. You need to be elegant, feminine, not like yeah. a little pig like you're doing now. You make me sick. <laughs> oh, his daughter is just the goth veto of the Baldwin family. Oh, man. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great tape. I always get that mixed up with um, uh, Mel Gibson's um, Ard by a Pack of Ends tape, which uh, mm-hmm. is uh, another like great celebrity yeah. moment. Uh, great moments in, uh, in impromptu shouting. Yeah, they really. I mean, they get to eleven so fast. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's it's actors training. It's yeah. that Stanislavski school of mm-hmm. whatever. Uh huh. As James as James Lipton asks, "What's your favorite curse word to yell at your child?" <laughs> uh, the top movies in the country: uh, Disturbia, The Invisible, Next, uh, Fracture, and Blades of Glory. Mm. I only remember like two of those, but it's okay. Um, the top pop song was a banger, Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Uh, still love Avril. I feel like this came sure. from the era of pop songs where like they had just lost all subtext. Like there was the uh, the Black Eyed Peas where the song is just like he's narrating like what he's going to do where he's like, I'm going out. I'm having fun. I'm yeah. drinking. Yeah. And then this uh, one. Yeah. I like, drink some beer. I yeah. take a shit. Yeah. And Girlfriend is like the most beautifully subtext free pop song where it's just like, hey, hey, you, you. I don't like your girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, hey, you, you. I think you need a new one. Yeah. 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 It's a great one. She wants to be your girlfriend. Um, top rock song, unfortunately, uh, still "Breath" by Breaking Benjamin. Gross. Don't really remember it, but I'm sure it's great. It was around. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, yeah, that's so. That's what was happening at the time this episode came out. All of that information absolutely relevant to put you in the right cultural frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Just you um, know, mass shootings, goth mm-hmm. kids, and uh, Jamarcus Russell. That was what's happening. In that was going on. Just uh, you know kids disappointing their parents all around um and jamarcus russell disappointing the raiders yeah well that that was implied but yeah yeah um but yeah so uh now it's time for the bada b stories of the episode uh because this is an episode in which i don't know i would say that Vito uh jr is um my new favorite he's kind of my new aj now Mm. in this episode he like kind of takes over the uh you know, the AJ role of being the new metal kid uh, on The Sopranos. And uh, because of that, um, this is this week's Bada B story. Enjoy. Classmates call him gay, so he poo-poos down the drain. 
Tony's mad and screams at Carlo Who keeps losing at gambling Oh, 200k And he pays the big 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 That is, uh, <laughs> that's this week's Bottomby story. It is, uh, that's, you know, got the life. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you can hear the whole thing at the end of the episode. Um, I just had to, I just, I'm very proud of the rum gabigool, rum mm-hmm. rum beat em, And I was like, I gotta, I just gotta yeah. figure out a way to, it's, uh, Anyways, let's get into. You're this always episode. waiting for the gibberish in a corn song. You're like, when is he gonna do it? <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite thing in any corn song. Is they're just like, hey, you know what's fucking badass? <laughs> scatting. <laughs> let's, let's do some jazz scat. Um, that guy's so, like yeah. a born again Christian now, and I like to imagine that when he speaks in tongues, it comes out <laughs> sounding like corn. <laughs> He's just Pentecostal. A boom da, a boom da to Jesus. Um, all right. So let's talk about this episode. General thoughts. Um, Vince, what did you think of this episode? Oh, I mean, fantastic episode. Uh, one thing I like about The Sopranos is that they show the poop actually falling on the floor. It's not oh, it's, like, yes. there's no metaf- metaphors. Not CGI. Or, no. There's no CGI shit. You know, no. this is back when people cared about quality. Yeah, that yeah. was the practical yeah. effects. Yeah. yeah, they probably had to have uh, you know the the guy who designed the alien puppet designed that doo doo, and <laughs> he did it's a an wonderful HR Geiger job. Doo-doo. Stan yeah. Winston did <laughs> the, uh, the shit the work on this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the poo poo was great. But and uh, yeah, what about you, uh, Will? How did you how did you feel about this episode? Uh, this is a this is a great Sopranos episode to me because, uh, like I I think it, it sort of summarizes a lot of what's going on in the final season six B, which I really mm. think like the the writers and creators of the show, um, really just put slam the acceleration down on this idea that like. If you had spent any of the last seasons under the illusion that, like, hey, you know, Tony, he's, he, you know, he cares about his family, you know, yeah. like he's the, he's the boss or whatever, yeah. like they really go to like, at like it's, it's like just really try to rub your face in the fact of how like utterly repellent he is as a person. Yes. And this episode, like, you truly see Tony at his absolute worst. Yes. And like just just like the people he like just cr- just 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 get just get ground underneath his just absolute greed and vanity. Yeah. Um. And it's just like. Uh, it, the second he's under the slightest bit of pressure, like everyone else in his life is just collateral damage for him. And it, and I and I, I love any narrative about um, compulsive gambling. Yes. And just like any any storyline where like like a degenerate gambler is just doubling down over and over again, trying to get out of the hole, and it's just nothing is working. I mean, it just they just keep losing more and more and yeah. more money it's, and it's making pro- like the stupidest bets. Like I mean, yes. like putting money on one roulette. Uh, <laughs> like one roulette block that's it's not much, that much different than like playing the lottery it's like yeah. you're yeah. thinking you're gonna win in like a one in 38 chance or some shit like that like there's no way yeah it's I'm, it's pr- proto uncut gems in terms of like the amount of uh i don't know just for me watching anyone lose their money at gambling like gives me 
uh, anxiety. And this was a yeah. very anxiety provoking episode. Even even when I knew what was happening, I was just like, when does he win again? No, he never he never wins. He loses every bit of. Money. I mean, like the but the standout scene of this episode is when he's mad. Not because he lost money, but because he won and he didn't bet enough. Like that is yes. such a beautiful yeah. moment. And like, uh, like, like they're like his his. I mean, he's furious at Carmela for you know losing millions of dollars. But like his his uh, his his strategy to like give the, give them breathing room and like you know open up like a new world of like uh, uh, wealth and financial stability for him and his family is betting half a million dollars on the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, just that entire uh, entire scene. It's really uh, it's kind of an insane. scene. I mean, when because it comes it, down to it, like he's mad at Carmela solely for like giving him a look when he decided he was gonna bet. Like she didn't even she didn't even really react. She was just kind of like, "What? What are you talking about?" And then he I, fucking lost his mind. It's the most unhinged I think I've ever seen Tony in the show in terms of like um, watching him struggle with kind of an, an addiction because everyone else in the show is an addict not him that's kind of it's always the the way it's been um like he's been portrayed as the guy he calls you a degenerate he's not a degenerate and this episode has one of the like most degenerate gambler scenes uh i've i've seen uh, uh on it like it's the one where tony is trying to explain to carmella uh how they can win if they bet on the Jets. Uh, and I have a clip of that. You should take a chunk of that and put it on the Jets. Oh, yes, very funny. I'm serious, we can't get hurt. It's we now. It's a short thing. <laughs> well, I didn't say all of it. You know, just a piece of my half. You're rich, Tony. Use some of those bundles to cover it. That money's for emergencies only, Carm. You know that. This is the gravy. Win for cash. This is the kind of shit you play with. I'm telling you. We are golden here. It just, he sounds like fucking Gil from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like, it's just that level of like, like being a, dege a degenerate gambler and like just the, the, the level of desperation. The, the, mm -hmm. we're, we're golden here, I swear. <laughs> you know, it's just trying to sell this like fucking stupid ass fucking bet to his wife and like uh and like the, the the show has been like over a number of seasons like running the carmela spec house plot line yes and like when it finally pays off like it's just because tony's under pressure from his gambling debts like everything about it like everyone close to him is just an asset that yes. he can exploit to right. find uh to free himself from like the the consequences of his own uh loudish uh like fucking ever ever the atavistic behavior yeah, and and it's kind of like this is kind of that's always what Tony has done and the mafia. I mean, in, in yeah. general, that's all they do is exploit the people around <laughs> yeah. them and use them as you know their personal pocketbook. But like in this case, the entire facade of you know I do this to put food in my family's <laughs> mouth. It's like it's yeah, yeah, it's total bullshit. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like it's like it cuts against the idea of like Tony. You know, there's sort of this perception that Tony is like the the better one somehow or that he's mm -hmm. like a regular guy because he's right, like just yeah. providing for his family but like if you read anything about basically like any mafia person any like ponzi scheme like any grifter ever like mm -hmm. the, part and parcel to the grift is that they are terrible with money like it's always yeah. just like they're constantly <laughs> having to feed the beast because they just are borrowing and spending and you yeah. know like li living on the seat of their pants 
like the fucking Elizabeth Holmes show. It's like she right. was getting all that money because she was just wasting it all the entire time, like constantly under attack and uh, just like living, living the kind of existence that would kill a normal person. Yeah. Just in terms of anxiety and constant and, and guilt and, and guilt and yeah. shame. Yeah. And, yeah. So Tony's just he's he wins he wins bets that he shouldn't have and immediately just like throws the money down the toilet and it's great well i mean and like the very the very first scene of this episode um, yes. i'm i'm sad to say tony you know he loses a shitload of money because he violated uh my patented can't lose roulette system mm. which is you know hasn't failed for me yet but you take the, the you take the largest amount of money that you're comfortable losing like yes. you know like so that if you lose you can walk away and and not kill yourself or like not yeah. have the not have the evening ruined and you put it all on red or black on a roulette wheel one spin whatever you're feeling i usually go with black whatever you're feeling mm-hmm. and then no, ma- no matter the rules. outcome no matter the outcome always walk away oh uh, um, yeah but yeah, yeah. like before you know, even like, finding out if it's yeah yeah before <laughs> exactly just walk away <laughs> yeah, well, don't even don't even see the result just don't walk see away. the results you <laughs> yeah. know cool guys just my own personal just, money <laughs> mandala you know yeah you just it's that's part of the art of it well the beauty of it is like he tony won betting on a single number in roulette which is like and insane. then he starts to double down. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like you're, you're supposed to spread it out, you know? Like, I mean, it's you gotta like let it ride, the, dude. The you gotta inside. let it and ride. Then he just, and then, like, and then, of course, all of his sycophantic uh, <laughs> colleagues, like Silvio and everyone, they're like, you gotta do it. You gotta, you had, yeah. you have to double down on something like that. Oh, and he goes, like, oh, it's so close, Tony. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's I not like you always so double much. down on 11. It's like you always double down when you win on a <laughs> yeah, single yeah, block yeah, of yeah, roulette, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The, the, like insanity of thinking that that is in any way uh, a rational frame of mind when gambling is just the funniest thing to me. Where they're like, "Hey, you know, you got you got to let it ride." It's like everyone you know, knows those. Are, everyone knows that's the rules of gambling. Yeah, the know? rules of gambling are if you win, keep gambling if you, if you, because if you you'll win keep a shitload winning. Of- <laughs> If you win a shitload of money on like a really improbable uh, occurrence uh, landing in your favor, what you got to do is just the exact same thing over right. and over again. You do it again because like the second time it's even more likely to happen because it's yeah, already happened. Yeah, because then you once. get even more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean this it's, is just... this is clearly well, like. I mean, what this episode like really underscores is that like. Uh, like and they've done studies of like gambling addicts and it's like one of the mm-hmm. most fa- it's one of the most fascinating and fucked up addictions is because like the part of your brain that like gratifies you when you win a lot of money is gratified by you losing the same amount of money. <laughs> oh fuck! And like you I, you like are addicted to like like it's the it's like winning and losing are like the same thing in your mind. Like Jesus it it, fi- it fills the same need the same high that you're getting. Yeah, um, it's like you're attaching is, this outsized importance to a thing all of a sudden. What a so it nightmare. becomes like more vivid. But I think it, it it also like this episode very much shows Tony's uh ma- like he's thinking magically now. Like that's like yeah. the subtext of this entire episode. Like he sees that there's a horse named Meadow Oh. Not because he's got like a hot tip that this horse is fast or that he's one of his uh, strippers his at the Bing name. knows the trainer's cousin. It's like, oh, that's my daughter's name. And he immediately yeah. puts all his money on it. Not to like show or like as part of a parlay. Like, no, he's going all the money. This horse is going to win. And the horse comes in second. If he had bet to place, he would have nearly doubled his <laughs> yeah. fucking money on that. I mean, just like insane amount of like just being so confident that the universe is trying to help you win at gambling. You, I yeah. just 
That's not just a degenerate gambler. That is like a self-defeating degenerate gambler. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny, too, because you're watching how uh, in this episode, how uh, economic anxiety uh, can lead to anti-Semitism. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And it's kind of one of the most amazing things about this episode is because I, I realize that you, there, are, there are obviously different instances of anti-Semitism in the show where, where Tony is just, you know, talking shit about Jews, but it's usually kind of... Uh, I don't know. Um, it's it's light. It's, it's jocular, lighthearted. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's just sort of it's just sort of ball busting. Yeah, but yeah. In this just, episode, yeah. Like, and as soon as he like is actually in debt to Hesh, it's just yeah. like all this all this shit just comes out, and it's like it's really venomous and nasty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, because- I also like I also like this episode because it's like uh, the the plot line with uh, with with Vito Junior and Vito. Like, there's a several points where like Tony is furious at his guys because they don't make as much money as Vito, and he's like, I don't care how many dicks he sucked. If you were making <laughs> a, even a third as much as he did in construction, like, why don't you start sucking cock? You know, yes. like, yeah. And you know, he's always just like, he was one of us. You know, <laughs> like what Phil did to him is wrong or whatever. So he's like, he's like, yeah, that homophobia shit, I'm off it. Still yeah, anti-Semitic right. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still calling Hesh Shylock and fucking like uh, throwing change at him, rubbing <laughs> rubbing coins together, rubbing coins <laughs> yeah, together, yeah, 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 yeah. like he's a fucking like like he's a fucking four chan shit poster. Yeah, Just, yeah. You know, and I like, love the scene with like uh, with like Hesh's. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The scene with like Hesh's son, where Hesh starts getting really paranoid that like Tony's just gonna kill him rather yeah. than keep paying him money. And his son or whatever is just like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, like, like, he, like you guys are friends. Like, he wouldn't do that. And he's like, and then Hesh is like, like, all like all his shit, like, you know, once he feels under pressure, it yes. all comes out, too. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you know, these Italians, like, you know, normally they're they're OK, but, you know, you just you get one cornered and they become animals. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're no savages. better than animals. Savages. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny, too, because in that scene in particular, I almost felt like they were trying to be like not to, to try to be like see how this is inflaming uh racial hatreds and it's like well you know he did say italians and maybe that's wrong but no he's not wrong the mafia yeah <laughs> right you know yeah, you no. get into debt with the mafia and they are no <laughs> yeah. better than animals that's just that's just true um <laughs> yeah. meanwhile tony's entire like hatred of hesh in this or resentment of, of hesh is literally just based on the fact that he doesn't feel like he he just doesn't want to give Hesh his money back, which is just that's part of the deal. You know what I mean? And and not only that, but Hesh isn't even asking for Vig. It's like it literally no, the, yeah, is just the thing that was a, the best part. A Jew who's taking liberties with a mafia yeah. guy. But I, I, the thing I loved about this, uh, like this whole storyline is just like the fake pleasantries. It's like yes. the like the elaborate uh Take the money. Oh, no, no, I couldn't take your money. No, you better take the money. It's like, how many times do they have to go back and forth before you get to, like, the reality of what they're actually feeling? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's like that fucking dance when you do with your friends where you're, like, the elaborate, like, oh, no, let me pay. No, no, I want to pay. And it's like, oh, my yes. God. The, yeah, it's... Uh, it- Two people who are acting like they want to pick up the check, but both of them hate each other's race or religion. (laughs) (laughs) And the check is for $200,000. So it's like, I mean, do you think this is partly like misplaced anger at Christopher that he hasn't seen, seen any money back from the stupid movie yet? 
Um, I don't think so. I I mean, it, it could be, which is, that's an interesting well, he, place to go it, psychologically. It, like, he blames the Jews for Hollywood as well. <laughs> well, no, but And then, in lieu of payment, in lieu of paying Hesh when he first meets him, he gives him a cleaver hat. <laughs> yeah. Like one of those, like, yeah. like, like, sort of like movie merch, like the on-set uh, hat yes. from Cleaver. And I, I have, uh, I, I have a, a, a clip of that. Actually, uh, I was expecting something else. What the fucking DVD? Honestly, that's a very unflattering portrait of Italian Americans. <laughs> I, I love that his assumption was, "Oh, right, he wants a DVD," because he's going around. In the previous episode, he also brought Beansy a hat. But would give him the DVD because he's still embarrassed that uh, basically Christopher made a movie about him fucking uh, Adriana. Uh, <laughs> well, there's the scene. The reason I bring up Tony like being angry at Christopher is that there's that scene in the bar at uh, yeah. Philly's like mafia christening or whatever the fuck that yeah, situation yeah, his, was. It, yeah, his where, mafia party. But Nancy Sinatra cameo <laughs> yeah. appearance by the 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 real the real Nancy. The real Nancy. Uh, Something like so. Uh, there you are, big, uh, big, the, the, big boss big, man. Big boss man. Yeah. I have a clip of it. it. It is. It's kind of the eeriest song I've heard on The Sopranos in a while, and it kind of slaps at the same time. You know, it sounds kind of like. It sounds like the intro music to a true crime podcast, mm. um, but I think that's actually just Nancy Sinatra's genre. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it feels like a, like a pseudo pretender song. Um, yeah, I don't know, kind of rules. But yeah, what were you saying? He was at uh, yeah, so the, that party. Like Tony's staring across the bar, staring daggers at Christopher, who's talking to someone else about, uh, you know, we're thinking about going the festival route, but now I got a friend who says. He wants to distribute it. We might just go that route. And the the yeah. other guy says, which is a really funny line. Uh, oh yeah, it's a nice little movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I, like, I wondered if that was Tony staring at him, being like, "What are you doing? Like, we're trying to make a return on this fucking investment. I spent two hundred thousand dollars of Hesh's money on this bullshit." Well, no, he spent two hundred thousand dollars on a bridge loan that he got from Hesh from gambling debts in the previous episode. That's what that was from. It was to, as mm. as Hesh said, to pay off his nut. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I, I don't know. I think he just looks at the Christopher situation as like this guy is out. He's not interested in like taking over for me. Uh, at some point yeah. you know he's he's wants to do this movie shit and i don't have a lightning rod anymore to take all the heat when the fucking feds come um but uh yeah so tony is feeling the squeeze and uh one of the one of the places in which he's feeling the squeeze is the situation with uh vito jr um vito jr is a goth now um, and the opening scene with him is in true goth fashion. He and his like goth friend are in a graveyard <laughs> breaking bottles <Yeah>. on gravestones, <laughs> desecrating and, graves as one does <laughs> <laughs> just the most like hot topic ass goth activity you could possibly See, I think, think I, I think he's a fake goth because I think true goths would uh, respect the dead. You know, I, and, I yeah. think so too. They, they, they would go to a graveyard to commune with the dead, not, not, um, harass and uh, assault them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually one of the things I love about this Vito Jr. character is rather than him being the kind of, you know, the goth 
that you're describing, which is pretty much someone who's just wants to do art and be left alone by bullies. Um, like his version of goth is like it's like when um, I don't know, like like Norwegians discovered death metal like they discovered iron maiden and then they were really pissed off when they realized that uh that the, it was kind of a joke and they were like no in you know uh we we actually kill our lead singers over here like he yeah. is yeah we, satanism we is burned, not a uh, bit <laughs> yeah yeah this is yeah, not we, a bit <laughs> Yeah, they heard smoking in the boys' room and then burned like 15 <laughs> Christian churches that date back to like the 6th century. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and like Vito is is uh, Junior is like he's not just, you know, like causing a little ruckus. The things that he's accused of in this episode that are just kind of <laughs> that are said offhanded, like completely offhanded. The first one is Marie says that he's accused of hanging their neighbor's cat uh, on their garage door, which is what the fuck that is some serial killer well, ass shit. Oh, they said he's just bl- they're just blaming him for everything now like the west Well, they're saying three. it's persecution, but you yeah. uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, he is he's knocking <laughs> my, over gravestones. My favorite exchange in this whole episode is uh, they blame me for everything. And Tony says she was developmentally disabled. That's <laughs> such a good exchange. Creates like a, a picture that you have to fill out yourself in your mind. Uh, yes. Whatever that situation was. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do that a few times. I mean, you know, they, they talk about um, like through the grapevine. Sill thinks uh, that. He he ate some sh- shit out of the cat litter or something like that. <laughs> and people are like, no, 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 no. He took well, a shit. <laughs> and like the uh, and the Vito Junior plot line, like you know, it just it 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 um it intertwines with Tony's uh, money woes and like the increasing yeah. pressure he feels because it's like Vito's widow is the one who approaches Tony and she's like, Tony, I'm having I'm having so many problems at home and like Tony does feel genuinely guilty about what happened to Vito. Yes. And and you know, but he's like, you know, at, you know, at the funeral, he's always like, you know, if they, you know, if there's anything I can do or whatever. And she shows right. up and she's like, yeah, actually, there is something. There's you something can you do. can like, do. Yeah. I need I need a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to like relocate my family to have like a shot at a normal life yeah and tony like immediately is just like oh god like he's like no no you don't don't actually ask me for like I, I, this was just for pretend like, this is saying, just is there, something i yeah. heard on the godfather i don't yeah yeah this is and i don't, I don't know if you cut it like allowed. a great moment of like uh sopranos characters like uh malapropisms and like misuse of words yes. as when he says to vino's <laughs> widow he's like you know it could be, you know, the situation with Vito and his death and all that entrailed. All that entrailed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, to to even, me, I was like, is this um, even in death they're doing? I mean, entrails are are, are what? Like, what is the, the definition of an entrail? Guts. Intestines. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm taking it too far. But I was like, this just seems like they're doing um, another another gay veto pun. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or, or it could be the reading of entrails was a form of augury in, like, mm. you know, in ancient Rome and other So, you know, it could, could be a, a reference to, you know, uh, perhaps a main character is uh, oncoming demise. Who yeah. Knows? This is like when Donald Trump says something stupid and people had to be like, no, no, he actually meant that because, uh, you know. Uh, I, like, even more so than, like, the degenerate gambling stuff. Like, I, I like the... I like the depiction of Tony's psyche, which is just that uh, no matter what the situation is, like once he has like money in his pocket, 
like that is his money now like when he mm. borrows money like he it, it, like first and foremost like that's his money now and the thing that he can't stand doing the most is like giving back even when it's other people's money that he's borrowed like the idea of having to give back money that's in his pocket uh is right. just like crushing to him yeah he sees he sees the number go up in his mind of how much money he has because the way he gets money is through uh, ill it's ill-gotten you know what i mean like so whether he's borrowing it or stealing it it's all the same it just goes into the purse and he just is like that's mine you can't have yeah. it and yeah to be asked for money to uh move marie and vito jr to maine uh, in order to to get away from kind of like the uh, the stain of what happened to, to Vito and and yeah Tony is like you should ask uh, Phil Leotardo you know don't, don't. <laughs> he's your second cousin yeah he's don't your, ask yeah, me yeah exactly um, and Plus, I love when he killed your dad yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 he's kind of one who did the whole thing and, and i love when he's uh tony is telling the situation to uh silvio sil is is so good in this episode uh mm-hmm. he has very few lines but they're all golden and uh this well, is just what like happens. gluing together a lamp feels like the ultimate uh thing that sil is doing like during <laughs> yeah, the scene that's right he's sitting there gluing a lamp together um here apparently vito jr is a whack job no surprise there Family history. She wants a hundred k for a change of scenery. That never works. You should get him a dog. That's <laughs> <laughs> great advice, yeah. actually. And uh, and also like uh, there's another great example where uh, Tony's talking to uh, Marie mm-hmm. about like about why he's you know like of just being like cajoling her to be like I'm not giving you the money or like I'm not going to help you like the way you expected or like I said I would mm-hmm. and I love the way that like he um, metabolizes like therapy speak and uses it to his yes. advantage and he tells yes. Marie there's no geographic solution Sol- to an emotional problem yes well because it shows you what Tony's actually learning in therapy which is right. like yeah. just different deflection How to strategies people. Yeah. yeah exactly and yeah, yeah. Just going back to that lamp, I just feel like that's such a beautiful flourish for a scene because it's like they never there it's never explained like what that lamp is or why still would be uh, gluing it together. But again, it's 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 very much in the same vein as the she was developmentally disabled. Like they're giving you the punchline and making you fill in whatever the joke is in your own yeah. head. And <laughs> yeah. I always love yeah. that so much. Well, you know, that lamp um, and, and I think this happens after we see him i'm not sure if it happens after or before the gluing of the lamp but that's the very lamp that after he loses um he he loses that the first football game that he loses oh, buffalo wins right. yeah and he goes into the office at the bing I th- and he, it, i thought he smashed a computer in that scene but no, he, he smashed keyboard no it was a desk lamp oh from, okay i thought that was a keyboard for some reason i, I ah. could be wrong well that but, shit's uh, not my whole point but sure I, well, no, I like the idea that he, uh, you know, like maybe this is a lamp that he breaks a lot in his console yet. He just keeps <laughs> gluing it back together <laughs> yeah. for the next time he gets mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, he goes in that scene with Nancy Sinatra. He goes up to uh, Phil Leotardo and asks him if he will uh, instead take on this whole situation with Vito Jr. and they have this little exchange. Reese Spatterfall came to see me. She wants a hundred grand to relocate on account of Vito Jr. Already has his own social worker. Patty told me there was doings. 
I guess the turd doesn't fall far from the faggot's ass. It's beautifully put. <laughs> I'm glad you clipped that so I didn't have to say it on air. But yeah, that's a classic Phil Leotardo line. Just, I, and I also like, I, you know, uh, Phil Leotardo, I, I just got to say, is like mm-hmm. may, maybe up there with Richie April. Because like all my favorite characters on The Sopranos are the Tony antagonists. Uh-huh. Yes. You know, yes. Livia, Uncle Junior, Richie mm-hmm. April, Ralph Cifaretto. Yes. And then finally, uh, Phil Le- or Johnny Sack. And mm-hmm. then finally, Phil Leotardo. And like, and, and he really is one of the best. He's that yeah. guy. And I think this is such a perfect line because he's that guy where he's in a group of people that are all sort of you know, playful ball busters that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like to make off color jokes. And he's the kind of guy where it's like, you think you're having like a nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> a nice, like good natured time doing, uh, like race humor and stuff and like off color jokes. And then a guy who's like just a legitimately hateful person comes in and does the same joke. And you're like, Oh God, that sounds so bad when he, he said it with like a hard G and everything. Right. Is that what we sound like? <laughs> yeah. I thought we were doing this ironically. <laughs> yeah. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know I know it's a different episode, but I just I have to acknowledge probably maybe maybe my favorite moment of all time on The Sopranos is mm-hmm. in the episode where uh, Johnny Sack's daughter gets married, and then like the the U.S. Marshals like escort him out of his daughter's wedding, and he cries, yes. and yeah. then Phil Leotardo's response to that is. My estimation of John Sacramony as a man just fucking plummeted. Yeah. And, they're like, they're like, and, then, and then Tony's like, come on, Phil. It's like his daughter's wedding. And he goes, yeah. what? To cry like a woman? It's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is the funniest moment on The Sopranos. Because just like, it, yeah. it's just your daughter's wedding. You have all your friends there. And then like the feds arrest you and pull you out of it. And immediately all your friends are like, can you believe this fucking pussy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're not friends with you anymore. <laughs> It is. It's pretty amazing to watch Phil Leotardo. I mean, because he's full of shit. He cries uh, like a woman as soon as Tony comes to visit him in the hospital when he has a heart attack. Like the idea that he doesn't cry is bullshit. It is one of those things that makes me think I, he is. Uh, he's not just like doing mafia bluster. I think he actually is closeted, uh, mm. and I feel like uh, mm. you know he's gay coded, and I feel like that needs to be talked about in this show. Um, I mean, like the 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 savage way that he like uh, takes it upon himself to punish Vito yes. for you know like uh, uh, do, doing like an un- the unspeakable uh, mm-hmm. act of homosexuality. I mean, does does speak to a certain kind of uh, you know uh, self hatred and yeah, like so. uh, and punishing always... in others what uh, you see in mm-hmm. yourself, and exactly. always describing it like in graphic terms. Like he's always like, oh man, when the when the hard gay greasy penises go right into the butthole <laughs> yeah. that puckered sweet butthole it just makes me so sick and when, and, and when and when he uh when he's explaining to marie that like they they like through finn that they have confirmation of the homosexual acts vito is doing he's like he's like we've received confirmation yeah. i will say it because it disgusts me so much <laughs> you know, i won't even say what the thing was because it yeah. disgusts me so thoroughly and you he's can almost almost like move. see the the thought bubble above his head of just like two fucking dudes in fireman outfits just going to town on each other <laughs> Just thinking of Flanders shaking his ass. Um, so I, one question I had about this, like we yeah. sort of skipped the part where Phil like is unretired and is back to being boss now. Like we didn't really cover kills, that. It's kind of just he, like he kills uh, Doc Santoro in last week's episode. Um, you, for, or for, he, uh, Another another of my favorite Leo Filiatardo moments, the exact moment in which he decides that he's going to kill the boss of New York is when this dumb asshole just eats a ravioli off his plate without asking just in front of him. And you just see that like he doesn't Phil doesn't say anything, but there's just this look in his face where he's like, yep. I made up my mind. I'm going to end this guy's life and take over New York. Especially after like being like, I'm retired. I'm going to be with my grandkids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live a happy life. And then someone eats off his plate and he's just like, I will do murder and go to war for this. Every day is a gift. (laughs) The most Italian thing ever is starting a mafia war over someone eating your pasta. Um, But yeah, uh, he, yeah, that was the moment. And then Doc Santoro gets killed and, you know, I, 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 this episode, and not just this episode, but this entire season uh, 6B feels like between episodes, there's a lot of fast forwarding going on. Yeah. Like this one almost could exist um, like at any point, him just having this like crazy, you know, gambling, uh, bad luck streak and whatnot. 
Um, and so you kind of assume it's happening over this like longer period and of it, time. It, and it works. And that's why I think the many saints of Newark kind of sucks because it's like, yeah. they're taking the, these things where they're ma- where the original series was forcing you to come up with that joke in your mind. And they're like, Oh no, let's actually shoot the scene where he insults the developmentally disabled girl. And you're like, <laughs> right. no, it was in better. Fact, when the developmentally was- disabled girl is now a main character. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, no, that was going to be following her home life. Uh, when it's like for, she starts her own mafia and uh, <laughs> yeah. she opens up her own sports book with un- a bunch of other uh, developmentally disabled women and uh, they go to war with the uh, <laughs> the North mafia. Jersey mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Phil decides uh, he'll take care of this Vito Jr. situation. And in one of the greatest scenes, if not, I think the greatest yep. scene of the episode, um, he <laughs> no takes. No question. He takes uh, Vito Jr. out for uh, two giant milkshakes, um, and uh, I have a, a clip of the scene. What the hell's wrong with you? Look like a Puerto Rican whore. Make me sick. <laughs> so, what's it got to do with you? Listen, Pally, you need to be rebellious. I raise kids. I get it. Good for you. You want a smack, too? Your family's had enough shame. You should set things right. You understand me? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Be a man. Be the kind of man she needs. Strong, masculine. I said my piece. Finish that thing. There's no eating in the car. It's it's, it's so fantastic. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. I, I did not grow up in the tri-state area. So he's eating what he calls a silo. Uh, yeah. Do Will, do you know no what idea. that is? Like, is that no a thing? fucking clue? That's okay. an, it's got to be a Jersey thing. I have no fucking clue. And also, like he says, finish that thing. There's no eating in the car. There's like a gallon of milkshake left to be consumed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's already consumed one of them, it seems. It's. I love that he bought him two milkshakes. And you know that was because Vito Jr. was just like, uh, he was like, well, what do you want, kid? And he's like, two silos. You know, he's he's throwing his weight around. And I, I kind of respect Vito Jr. in this episode in terms of, like, he is, he's a fucking brick wall. Like, the, everyone tries to get through to him, and they grow impatient immediately because he's so good at pushing back. He does that the kid thing where he's like, you look like a whore. And he's like, so, and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing you can, there's no comeback to. So like, that's, you know, you, you yeah, expect he, he winds Tony and Phil up so quickly and so effectively. If I, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. It's like, it's something that I love seeing because of the fact that like, you know, these guys, their whole thing. I mean, Tony lays it on even more thick in his scene with him where he's trying to be like, you know, Hey, you know, I understand you're afraid. And, you know, what happened? Like, they all think they're in a fucking after-school special, you know, and um, and he just does not – he does not let up. He does not give in to them. And, and it's just the way that they depict a, uh, like, junior high outcast, I found – like incredibly accurate just the way that like uh, an already like socially uh, ostracized kid will like double down on being gross uh, yes. to sort of to sort of take control of the situation in a way yes. and be like no I'm the one that is deliberately doing this like I, I mean we all I feel like we all knew that kid in junior high totally totally the, the yeah fucking Ian that fucking weirdo I mean he was just this guy who he constantly was fucking 
doing the most disgusting things people would make fun of him i wouldn't because i was also afraid of being made fun of uh and he uh he would double down he would be more gross he would dress more weird and people were like you're weird and he's just like yeah i'm fucking weird and then at one point he just started showing people that he could suck his own dick and i was just like and everyone made fun of him but i knew inside i was like he wins like, yeah, he can, right. he can suck his own dick. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't yeah. need any of you. Yeah. That yeah. was like the best way of showing. No, no, it. Like, I was all, so yeah, all, yeah, exactly. Like the, the the rules of human civilization and social interaction are like not just don't apply to you, but are not needed by you. Yeah, yeah. he's he's transcended those rules, yeah. and like that's what Vito Junior is doing this entire episode. Is like anyone who thinks that uh, they can, you know, fuck with him, he he just. He, he turns it around on him. He's like, he he's like I'm fucking with. You're locked in here with me. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> um, like, yeah. My the the weird kid in my junior high had. Uh, they lived in like a dome house, and they were very clearly, uh, you know, something up with them. And mm-hmm. uh, my friend was his younger brother's uh, camp counselor. And mm-hmm. one night, like all the other kids are like, "Oh my god." Rick's jacking off, blah, 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 like Rick's jacking off. And so he's like, you know, of course he's thinking like these kids are just like being mean to the, the weird kid. Uh, right. But then, <laughs> but then he goes over there and the, the kid was like, what? I can't sleep. Otherwise you going to do it for me. <laughs> and you're like, good, re- you know good response. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Case, yeah. Yeah. Your honor. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, one quick, yeah. uh, uh, just sort of like a personal digression about the mm-hmm. Vito Jr. and Phil Leotardo uh, silo summit. Yeah. Is, you know, like obviously like a, a big theme in this episode is like, you know, like uh, the, the loss of a father figure. Yeah. And uh, I will always remember this scene because uh, like, you know, uh, two, two, two years ago, like the summer that my dad was uh, was dying, I was like spending all my time. Uh, like you know, living up living up there and just like taking care of him and stuff. And uh, I, you know, I I used to draw a lot as a kid. And he encouraged me like, uh, can, can you start drawing again? And I thought like, okay, well, I haven't drawn anything in a long time. Like, what am I going to draw? The first thing I drew was a portrait of Phil Leotardo and Vito Jr. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> amazing! I'll I'll, I'll I'll send you the sketch of it. It was just please a, do, yeah. please <laughs> do. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like you drew the si- the silo song. Yeah, yeah. I just drew both of their faces, kind of like looking at each other sullenly, and it was just like just a quick sketch. But I was like, you know, gotta get those creative juices flowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, man. And you know, yeah. I, that's. Uh, feel like dr melfi would have a lot to say about it (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to tell my dying father that he looked like a puerto rican hua and i was sick of him (laughs) and that he made him sick yeah Uh, yeah it's it it is really um there is a lot of that theme of kind of like the the uh people missing father figures and i almost feel like that ties in with um what's happening between Tony and Hesh at the time uh, as well, because, you know, they are throughout the series. They're so close. I mean, they, they don't really ever beef. I think there was maybe like a music rights beef that they had, but it was like, they, they were, you know, it, it was clear that Hesh was one of Tony's mentors when he was, uh, he was a kid or at least someone he could like relate to, um, to talk about his father, you know, Johnny boy and stuff. Um, but just to, to I mean, round out, yeah, sorry, just like, like my favorite interaction between Tony and Hesh is 
uh, a few seasons ago. Like they they had sort of already set up Hesh as like the wise, uh, the Jewish wise man, like the yes, like the <clears throat> the ersatz consul yeti that Tony goes to to get good advice from. And so right. Tony goes there for good advice, and Hesh just spends like the whole time like talking about himself and uh, and going off on weird tangents. And I thought that was. I thought that was like a beautiful Sopranos move, just the way mm-hmm. that they sort of show you uh, the way that the characters see a person, uh, yes. and then they smash you in the face with the reality of how like self-interested <laughs> and shitty that person actually is. And right, that Tony. Was- <laughs> Tony was going to him to like basically make up for the fact that I think he and Melfi were beefing at the time. Right, right. Yeah, and he and starts they, telling him about his dream and shit. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and like they're they're having two uh, parallel conversations. They're completely <laughs> right. not. They're not talking to each yeah. other, but they're both talking and taking turns. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like uh, in the in the in a movie, like the stereotypical wise person will always like begin their advice with this long, uh, you know, parable about whatever. And it always yeah. ties back into whatever their great advice is. But like right. in reality, when you hear someone do that, you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, what and, are we uh, doing? They what gave doing you like here? the real version of what it would be like if someone tried to speak to you like in parable like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to round out, uh, just the, uh, the veto storyline, um, uh, Tony goes over to talk to Vito Jr. um, and, you know, tries to break through his wall with empathy and temper control. And um, Vito just makes him snap. And and so Tony palms his head like a fucking basketball. (laughs) And and he tells him, you go about and pity for yourself. Which I I love that once again he's using that uh, OBGY saying or whatever that he learned in the fucking hospital. Um, He's learned to incorporate Ojibwe sayings in his uh, his personal manipulations. But literally just one. (laughs) and then uh, later um, we see uh, the infamous shower scene, uh, which I just, I love so much and I have a clip of. And nobody dropped the soap. Spaz of fuckwits in the house. <laughs> hey, you can see his pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. The fuck you looking at, fag? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He shit. <laughs> I, Jesus, what's wrong with you? He stepped in it! <laughs> oh, <laughs> one, one of my dreams it's on even this better in just audio only again yes. yeah like yes. i say this every episode when we're just listening to the audio but i, I would really love to interview the foley artist yes. uh, for one of these shows because my god like the sound of shit hitting the floor there incredible i mean and the, the it just the I don't know, the chorus of screaming high schoolers or middle schoolers or whatever, just like screaming at the, like running out of the shower because someone took a shit and stepped in it is just, it's so fucking, it's beautiful because you can see that look on his face where he's like, I have the power. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like just stepping on the shit and immediately he has power. It's, oh, it's so beautiful. Um, so Tony uh, kind of makes this decision to give the 100000 to Marie. Uh, like we were saying before, he's like, you know, um, uh, so what, Vito sucked a cock. He was still our friend. We have to look after our families. 
Um, and, you know, Phil Leotardo, I'm never going to forgive him for this, but, he, you know, he wants to be the good guy. Um, but then, of course, he quickly falls right back into the betting problem that he's been having uh, this whole episode, and um, he loses the money, and this is, uh, this is a clip of that. You know what? I'm going to put the whole 100K down on Philadelphia. <laughs> I win, uh, Maurice Spatafore gets your free ride at end show. Yeah! Yeah! Man of the people. Because Carlos said that kid went to the little box and ate some cat shit. <laughs> no, he took a shit in the shower. Glad we got that straight. <laughs> uh, just the idea. I mean, I love the 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 fucking I don't know magical thinking of a of a degenerate gambler, and which is like, you know, what's better than one uh, house in Maine is 10 houses in Maine for Marie. It's just like, it's so insane. And once again, like he, he is deciding the fate of like this entire family yes. based on betting on the fucking Eagles. Yeah. And, and, then, and then has tried to like save his, his own family by betting on the Jets. Yeah. Oh, so oh. <clears throat> I, we, we, Pat, we sped by it when we were talking about the uh, mafia christening. What mm. was Nancy Sinatra's one speaking line in this episode because it fucking killed me oh she was like are you two dating or something yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. are you like, two going home together yeah great job yeah. nancy uh you know here's your check see you later yeah. <laughs> i love that phil leotardo is like trying to connect with nancy sinatra by saying you know i was at the telethon the night that frankie brought jerry and dean back together <laughs> i i cried <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, I love that. Oy, um, oy, oy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, fucking he. Yeah, he decides the fate of this entire situation through a shitty bet. He loses, of course, and uh, fucking he calls Marie and says, "You know, I'm gonna send. <laughs> I'm gonna pay eighteen thousand dollars or something to send." Uh, send Vito Jr. to some sort of, like, scared straight camp, which I don't really know what, like, what kind of thing. Like, the only time I've ever seen anything like that, it's usually, like, a gay conversion therapy, but I, I imagine no, these, these are exist. These are all, yeah, like, they're not only do they exist, but they're this, like, huge sector of, like, basically unregulated for-profit, like, bad teen boot oh, camps. Yeah. And, like, and Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil is, like, a big, big fucking promoter and feeder of these, like, of just, like, a worse than the Italian mafia criminal organizations, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Like, where they're, like, they just, like, straight up abuse and, like, uh, Christ knows, like, how much, like, sexual assault isn't reported. But this is sort of, like, a hobby horse of mine is that, like, Everyone who runs that these these like bad teen boot camps should be um, hugged and smiled to a to permanent end. In yeah, my they opinion. they uh, they just did like a whole podcast that I listened to about like the Utah for profit uh, you know child whatever one of these fucking Mike Pem Pence child camps. slavery camps. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. I mean, and it's and like, like the dudes, like two of the dudes who ran them were currently married to, uh, you know, former delinquent teens that were uh, at their, yeah, you know, at their former I, I, charges. I, I, oh man. Yeah, basically, like, uh, basically, like in the next ten years, we're gonna like. Uh, basically cut all funding for public education because yeah. they're grooming and raping kids and giving it all to these people. Yeah. The, 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 the Department of Education is going to be run by these fucking people in oh the next 10, God. 15 years. 
I love I love that that's like the, all voucher programs will be good for now is just going to uh to these boot camps where they uh they do all sorts I mean, of child slavery. That was basically uh fucking Betsy DeVos's whole thing. I mean like she's like the perfect yeah character or it's like okay the heir to a fucking ponzi scheme fortune has decided to devote all of her money to education defunding uh yeah defunding public education in favor Mm -hmm. of like private rape camps oh (laughs) (laughs) private rape camps and also like when tony tony saves 80 grand because he's like uh this program costs 18k and when he's pitching it to marie (laughs) he's just like he's like i saw an ad on tv the other night i was very moved by many of the testimonials (laughs) i cried yeah, yeah cried, that is yeah. exactly what happened, and uh, yeah, and Vito gets uh, traumatically like, kidnapped, like abducted, he yeah, gets kidnapped, abduct- <laughs> legally kidnapped by yes. fucking like uh, state-sanctioned child predators to be like whisked <laughs> off to Wyoming, and yeah, mm-hmm. put into child slavery programs. Yeah, yeah, to be mined for his adrenochrome, uh, yeah. and uh, that is that is the end of the Vito Junior storyline. Um, just getting into the uh, the Hesh one, we, we've covered a good amount of it, but there's some stuff that I just, I really love. Uh, it's after Hesh um, kind of reminds Tony to, uh, you know, hey, you owe me $200,000. Um, and they, they have this like weird little exchange. Um, the immediate scene following it is, uh, at least with Tony, is him at Dr. Melfi's office getting right into the Jews. And it's just like, it is maybe my favorite opening line for a Melfi Tony scene ever. And uh, I have a clip of it. You got a lot of Jews in your business, right? My business? Yeah, it is. You got to hand it to them. When it comes to money. In my experience, that's nothing more than an ugly stereotype. Really? I got a friend, let me tell you, you, you tie a Kruger hand to a fishing line. You're going to land it. Right up on the dock. Doesn't sound like you think of him as a friend. Come on. <laughs> just like, wow, well, mm. no, I'm just busting yeah. balls, dehumanizing him with a thousand year old stereotype. <laughs> The, the idea of Hesh oh, wanting... Oh, so they don't own all the banks? Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just busting balls. Uh, yeah, the idea of Tony just being mad over the fact that, like, Hesh wants the money Yeah, back. like... Yeah, like he's he, oh he's so good with money because like uh, like he lent you two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, like yeah, he has this special. Oh, they have this special money making power where it's just like they lend you money and then you have to pay them back. Yeah, it's crazy, and he's not even <laughs> charging big, and it's it's so <laughs> insane. And uh, and Tony just gets worse and worse as this goes along, and uh, it. it one of the big places it culminates is in this Satrial scene where everyone's sitting around eating sandwiches and Hesh shows up, you know, to say, hey, what's up? And also, I think, to, like, maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think he's there for Vig. I think he's there to be like, I'm safe, right, guys? You yeah. guys like me, he huh? He and Tony are doing such a strange dance this entire episode. Yeah, and I, uh, it's it's great. Uh, and I have a clip of that scene. Ah, sir, play your hand. And don't be shy, Sherlock. Got a little time, will Why not? He says. <laughs> you hear the one about the Jewish terrorist? He's going to hijack a plane, but he want to use his miles. <laughs> <laughs> you want a sandwich? No, I just ate things. Done it, eh? He's here for the rent. The rent. The rent. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> 
You stop already. I got some spare change here, too. <laughs> Rubbing the coins. Where's that sense of humor? Oof, it is just it and is like, and, painful. And like Hesh immediately, um, like like under like just just like the immediate comment about the Shylock, yeah. And like you know, he like he says he's a room full of these fucking like you know sociopathic Italians. And what you know, he understands like oh like oh I'll try to diffuse it by sort of like yes. owning it and telling a Jewish joke. Yes. And then Tony just keeps pushing it. Like all the rest of the guys, are like oh, oh, oh yeah, that's great. Why don't you play a hand? And then yeah. Tony immediately pushes it like just so far past like busting balls and being friends. Like yeah, like, yeah. I want I want you to know that these jokes are not. In good, yes. in good fun. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You are not supposed to enjoy these. Because that is yeah. like, that's the thing you do when put in that kind of situation is you uh, you want to diffuse it by being like, I'm okay with jokes. It's so the same thing that, you know, in a way Vito Jr. does uh, in order to not get bullied. Sure. You know? Well, I guess, no, he doubles down. But like just the idea of like, making hey i love jew jokes and tony was just like oh i'm gonna i'm just gonna do straight racism for a little bit just for for funsies yeah, rubbing the coins together yeah Fuck. i just but i just want to talk about like the the complicated nature like so the first interaction is tony giving him the hat and hash is very clear like his his true feelings slip out there where he's like i don't want this fucking hat like i want the yeah. money so tony tries to give him some money and then he's like oh no i don't want the money and tony's like take the money yeah, 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 yeah. and so then after they have this complicated dance where hash is like you know he's scared because he knows he has tony like in a place like where he feels cornered right uh, and then he like sort of shows up unannounced to the bing uh which is a weird complex move. Like he wants to show his face, but he doesn't oh, want to. Yeah. Yeah. To Satriels. And then, uh, later in the episode, like Tony shows up unannounced to Hesh's house. Right. With, uh, with, with Bobby, with Bobby and, Carlo. and tells him he wants to take him to like a boat convention, which yeah, is like oh, the yeah, most exactly. menacing that's thing ever. That's literally like, how they killed pussy. Yeah, it's just right. like, exactly. yeah, it's like, like oh, yeah, I'm a little worried that, um, my mafia friends may be plotting my death. And then they yeah. show up unannounced to your house and they're like, yeah. Hey, let's go on a camping trip. Just me and the boys, yeah. just me yeah, and you. We're going to, yeah. let's drive well, out to the woods and have some fun. I got, yeah, I got this bucket, but we're, we're pouring some <laughs> cement. We're wondering if maybe you'd help us, uh, take this bucket of cement over there. There and put it, uh, We're put thinking of taking a swim with uh, some of the uh, sea creatures that <laughs> exist in yeah. Lake Cement Shoes. Would you like to come? It is. It's Why like. Why don't you dig this man-sized hole for me? I, my back's kind of <laughs> tired. <laughs> what I love is that in that scene where Tony uh, comes over, like the first thing that you know Hesh does is tell Renata get upstairs. Uh, and I think this is also the first time we see his his girlfriend uh, Renata, um, uh, but and uh, the yeah. last, <laughs> and the last, unfortunately. Uh, and um, as soon as he like answers the door, uh, he's you know is like, oh, what, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, nice to see you too. And he's like, oh, sorry, I was just watching CNN. Fucking Hezbollah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I love. I love yeah. That's just, a great Hesh character moment. Yeah, it's like, just he, doing he, some he, Jew stuff over here. Yeah, no, he's, he like, yeah, like he's like, he's just thinking like, oh, what, what's something that I, uh, what, what normal that I would up to? And it's like, yeah, like, 
Some old Jewish guy in New Jersey yeah. just watching the news 24 hours a day being like, oh, Israel. Yeah. Oh, they're at oh. it. Oh, God, the enemies uh, of Israel, they're at it again. God damn, Iran funding Hamas again. You know, that old chestnut. <laughs> Anyways, are you going to kill me? Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a beautiful little touch of him pretending to be watching the news and complaining about Hezbollah. Um which on this podcast, of course, we are fans of Hezbollah and uh, the esteemed Hassan Nasrallah. He has not yeah, the yet... party of God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if, like, once again, Hassan Nasrallah, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the pod to talk about uh, the Sopranos. Um, but yeah, it, like throughout the whole like Hesh and Tony stuff, you, you can see that like Hesh is getting his blood pressure up and he's like, you know, talking he's he's worried he's legit worried that he's going to get killed i i don't think tony is actually going to kill him this is my kind of um theory is that like tony knows that it's something he could do but i i do feel like in this season so far like last week's episode it was am i going to kill Polly? You know, that was like the whole tension of it. It it, it seemed like he was almost being intimidating uh, as a reflex. Like he, right. like he, because after he, they leave Hesh's house, he's like, "Can you believe he acted all pissy like that when I right. wanted to, when I asked him to come swim with the fishes with us? Yeah. What a weirdo!" Yeah, right. yeah. and uh, and you know, they even uh, Carlo and um, Tony and or Carlo and Bobby suggest like, you know, why fuck him? Don't pay him back then. Um, and you know, and he's, he's like, I don't know, how would that look and whatnot? Like, it's clear to me that he's not actually going to do anything. And actually one of my favorite lines happens in this scene. And we alluded to it earlier. Not pay my debts, head of the family. How's that going to look? Who's going to know? It's like Eddie Valentine. The guy from Philly with the polio leg and the built up shoe. <laughs> no, from the fucking twilight. So you must have seen that one. <laughs> He's a small-time hoodie gay shot. Maybe you should start sucking cock instead of watching TV land. Because Vito brought in three times what you do on construction. And I didn't have this fucking problem. Another another great punchline that you have to invent, that you have to sort of make up the backstory for. The, yeah. the Eddie Valentine with the polio leg. Oh, my gosh. Like, I want to know about the Philly guy, personally. Yeah. yeah. Give me another Sopranos movie just about the poli- polio leg <laughs> yeah. Eddie Valentine. The many legs of Delco. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I again, this is like, I don't think he's going to do anything. I think this was another attempt by um, the writers uh, and, you know, David Chase at the time to be like, it's the last season, anything could happen, and try to like keep that tension going. Who's going to die? Because that's what everyone is wondering while you're watching it and mm-hmm. like it, watching it back in retrospect it's uh it i don't know it, it it does it a lot better than the previous episode where it felt like they were uh it was it was great because it was a poly episode but it was also this like again manufactured tension that was yeah, done and it's more about the audience expectations than yes. it is about the characters themselves right whereas with this one like it is you get to see this fucking degenerate gambler tony soprano turn full fucking anti-semite alt-right dude <laughs> like <laughs> as soon as he realizes he owes his jewish friend money and uh it feels like it's more about that than kind of the like who's gonna die um 
And <clears throat> it blows up in this scene um, that we talked about earlier um, after Carmella decides, you know, Carmella doesn't want to bet on the Jets because that's dumb. You know, she <laughs> closes the sale on this house um, and she's worried about the fact that they use the wrong lumber. And, you know, there's that whole storyline that's been kind of like stretched out throughout this entire the the last two seasons, at least. Um, and Tony finds out the Jets did win and thinks that he lost money. And he blows up in a way at Carmella that is almost it's like almost worse it's a new level of like his cruelty yeah. to his wife and family <laughs> yeah and and it's like i don't know how like he come back because i that. mean like he, he goes he goes straight to like the worst like uh like for for a uh like a sort of catholic housewife who like, yes. troubled conscience he immediately goes and says your spec house is gonna collapse and kill an unborn child yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> I, yeah like holy fuck i, I have he, goes, a, he goes to 11 immediately yeah. yeah i have a clip of it i lost a lot of fucking money you didn't lose never think i might know what i'm doing and a spec house I made the down payment. I bought the materials. I leaned on that building inspector when you had your thumb up your ass. So stop talking about your money. Let go of me, you piece of shit. Fact is, you're a shitty businesswoman who built a piece of shit house that's going to cave in and kill that fucking unborn baby any day. <laughs> and now you can't sleep. Fuck yourself. When I'm gone, you can live in a fucking dumpster for all I care. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Guys, what does that mean? It's like the, the show is like really making it like just unmistakable, just like how bad Tony, how bad a guy Tony is, like, and that he yeah. has no redeeming qualities. It's not like he like loves or takes care of his family. Like that no. doesn't justify. Not only does it not justify any of his like horrible sociopathic criminal acts, right? But like he doesn't even do a good job of taking it, care it, of his family or like, not even, or even liking them. Yeah, it's yes. not even true. Yeah, like the entire thing is made up. It's like you can pretend as long as you want that oh this justifies why I do this. But it's it's a lie. He's fucking. He's just feeding the beast, you know. Um, and of course, they they do. You know, eventually, Tony apologizes to Carm and uses this really fucking strained gambling metaphor about how he's actually up because <laughs> the odds that he was gonna die from a gut shot were really high, and he won that bet. Yeah, this is the gravy. <laughs> this is the part you play with. Uh, yes, <laughs> the, the rest exactly. of his life. Yeah. Yeah, the rest All, of your life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, somehow Carmela forgives him for this, and I just am like, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, all right. Well, she's a, she's a really bad person too. I yeah. mean, the show right. makes it that that is hammers that home as well. She needs yeah. she needs escrow to close before she uh, does anything yes. that might. Alienate her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we have uh, the second to last scene is uh, Hesh coming out of the bathroom and finding Renata dead. And in classic Sopranos fashion, it's not just going to be a dramatic death scene. Uh, it's got to open with uh, a fart joke. <laughs> and um, I have a clip. That was me, not a fireboat. 10.30. 10.30. What do you like for breakfast? Hmm? Renata. Renata. Oh, God, Renata. It's so, it's so sad, and yet... They opened with "That was me, not a fireboat," and I <laughs> and I respect it. I just—it's one of the reasons I love The Sopranos. Oh man, is that like there's something about death and taking a shit 
that intertwine in this show there's you know people die die on the toilet you know there's a lot of uh i don't know it's um it's almost beautiful they need to make every death a gag did and I, uh, no. did this death work for you like this is the one part of the episode where i'm like wh- why did we need renata to die at the end of this episode yeah i, I didn't quite get it either yeah i mean i think it was supposed to be kind of a i don't know um like, maybe like him it, and Tony are together at the end of the episode. Maybe it like it, it's like you know, light life intervenes in a, such a way to like kind of squash the tension between Hesh and Tony. And like, Tony kind of walks away looking like he's feeling smug about the fact that Hesh's girlfriend just died. Where he's like, Ah, see, I'm uh, still up. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to interpret that um, because I mean, you know, it's like sort of an ambiguous ending. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I'm not sure if he feels smug about it or if he's like just or if he feels guilty in some feels way. Feels guilty in just, some yeah. way. Like uh, it's it's hard to tell, but I think it just the purpose it serves is um, yeah. Life intervenes. He gives the money, you know, back to uh, to Hesh, and 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 part of me is like, you know, um, the way that Hesh takes that money is almost kind of just like now now you give me the money it's like uh i don't know it's very it's tragic and sad and um i don't know if it's unnecessary but, but it's it definitely also like, was yeah. sort of like like uh like the connection between like you know uh farting and shitting and death it's like mm. m- most of the big big deaths or minor deaths on the soprano is like uh or it's like the anti you know sunny at the toll booth scene in the godfather like the sopranos yes. really underscores that like whether you die by violence or just like random stupid occurrence it's just like most deaths on this show are just like totally meaningless yes yeah yeah and, yeah. and like are presented yeah. as such it's just it's, like it's just yeah. so one minute it's you're not- you're dead and like it doesn't matter and there's like no meaning to be wrung out of any of us right someone's gonna kill you and he's gonna be more worried about the uh, poison oak that he stepped in uh than he is about whatever happened to you yes yeah and it yeah it's what makes the show the show it's it's not not kind of like drawing the drama out of every fucking death and making them i mean you know we'll see more death in uh this season that is uh just humiliating and uh, <laughs> wonderful, and you will love it. Um, and yeah, so the end uh, episode ends with um, Tony giving him the two hundred thousand dollars, leaving the house, and then we uh, fade to black. Um, real quick, AJ storyline is simple. There's two mm. main AJ scenes. AJ goes out to dinner with Bianca. He wears his nicest grown-up suit. And orders for for her and asks Blanca to marry him. He has it all planned out about how he's going to go from guy who works at a pizza shop to manages the pizza shop to (laughs) capo club owner. Yeah. So (laughs) he's got, you know, that's his plan. And she says yes under duress. Yeah. I mean, it feels like uh, it feels like AJ's worried about her not accepting him as a husband because he doesn't have enough money. Whereas in reality, like if you look at what's happening, it feels like she doesn't want to be part of this life where everyone's, everyone's dancing uh, at the court of this fucked up mob guy. Uh, Yeah. 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 I feel like there's like, she's, she feels, and I could be reading into this, but she, I, I think she feels a little bit like a class trader being with, with, uh, with with him like he is just the spoiled rich kid and these guys treat 
their riches like it's nothing and i feel like yeah. she's she holds too much resentment in order to like um enjoy this relationship yeah uh, and then the uh and then the AJ plotline gets wrapped up neatly in uh, another moment of brutal humiliation, uh, <laughs> being the only Italian guy at the Puerto Rican Day Parade and then getting dumped by your fiance at the Puerto Rican Day Parade yeah. as like yeah. 1,600 cars with flags going, like, blaring gasolina just yeah. blare by you. And then your fiance just chucks the ring you gave and your clothes at you. And it's just like, yeah, I never loved you. Yeah, Getting yeah. rejected to an 808 beat. <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel it, she says, which, I mean, you know, kudos to her for, um, you know, being the most emotionally mature person of the two. Yeah, but you, uh, yeah, I don't know. There there was, yeah, they're setting up some ambiguity about whether she thinks she's a class trader. To me, I don't know, maybe it's projection, but it felt more like she was at that scene with, you know, where uh, Carmela's talking about her spec house and she's kind of mm. like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Yeah. It's like these people in their world are just like two, it's just, it's just like two aliens to like my, my, my home life, my family, my experience to like f form the basis of a lifelong partnership. So she's yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah. One of the few emotionally intelligent Sopranos characters is uh, <laughs> yeah. Blanca. <laughs> I love, I love it too, because uh, the way she looks at that family isn't with a sense of oh i am inferior she looks at them like you guys are trash and well, yeah I, yeah well, this I is love just as a weird toxic fucked up situation where everyone's yeah. everyone's dancing to like impress this guy who uh you know is yeah he's throwing out scraps from graft like what, what am i what are we doing here yeah it's uh it's great and i also do love that uh, aj just says to uh blanca's baby vamos a latino day parade which, <laughs> <laughs> i love that it's so cute um and yeah they break up and it's very humiliating and um more to come on that so that is the episode um do we have any favorite scenes least favorite scenes or anything we didn't cover I mean, I mentioned mine. Just the the line about the she, the girl was developmentally disabled was uh, yep. fantastic to me. Wonderful uh, for me. I mean, it's, it's w was before and still is about Phil Leotardo saying, "You look like a Puerto Rican whore. You make me sick." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. That that is, um, it's just a classic scene. Uh, and yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah, I would say if I had to like give this episode like a letter grade, I mean, it's truly one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos of all time. Um, so I'd have to give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, like I said, uh, I, I didn't fully, uh, I wasn't fully on board with the Renata death, but uh, otherwise mm -hmm. a pretty fantastic episode. Hesh and Tony and Vito and Philly. Uh, uh, in conclusion, I'm gonna say solid B plus. All right, fair enough. Uh, Will Meneker, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? I'll, if I had to, I mean, it's, it's always tough, but like, I would say that this is comprehensively probably the greatest hour of television ever produced by uh, humanity. Mm. So I'm saying, yeah, B plus. Yeah. B plus. A solid That's B plus. Fair. Solid B plus is all around for this episode of The Sopranos and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Will Meneker, thank you so yes, much sir. for coming back on the show. My pleasure. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Will Meneker and uh, Chapo Trap House is the podcast. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. 
subscribe to Chapo Trap House Patreon.com. Uh, and also follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. Will, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure. My pleasure once again, fellas. Yeah, write all your A right. game once again, or your B-plus game, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes where Vince and I talk about other things. We talked about movies. We recently had an episode where we talked about Father Stew, an amazing Just film. Incredible. Uh, that was the Catholic version of an evangelical Christian film. So you can get that. Patreon.com slash broadcast. Subscribe now. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince, we have some shout outs. Let's are shout them. I'm ready to shout. I got my shout shoes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So these are uh, Vince gives you a mafia name if you subscribe to the $8 tier. And uh, our first is Jesse Ryan. Jesse Ryan. That's like uh, Jack Ryan. We're calling this guy Clancy. Or girl. Clancy. All right. Is this Tom Clancy character? Yeah, you know, you guys get it. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, all right. The next is Jordan Willauer. Will Will Hour. More like Will Minute. Uh, we call this guy uh, Minute Rice. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Minute Rice. Hell yeah. Good mafia name. Uh, next is... Um, uh, everything goes dumb. His name is Jason Sharp. He just upped to twenty dollars uh, a month, and uh, you know, let's fucking. What's his name? We call this guy uh, Big Dummy, like Big Pussy. You know, he's everything. Uh, yeah. Goes, yeah, Big Dummy. Well, That's what I love it. Him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, everything goes dumb slash Jason Sharp. We fucking love you, uh, Josh Millhouse. Hmm. I mean, he's already got like a Simpsons name. I don't I know what you want me to. Do with that. Uh, we're gonna call this guy uh, Millhouse, more like Millstone uh, around my neck. We're gonna call this guy Stony. Yeah, you know. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah, I got you. I got you. That works. All right. Uh, next we have Scott Davis. Uh, Garfield. I mean, <laughs> you have to, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jim Davis, Scott Davis, Garfield. Oh, you got uh, the connection there. I like when I don't verbalize it, and you still. I always get the connection, okay, but yeah, I like yeah. when you verbalize it. Um, but that one is fair. I think you got to expect, give some credit to people. Um, Corey Reynolds. Uh, we call this guy uh, Deadpool. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I got mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was just a uh, trick for Matt. Yeah, two more. We have uh, Samuel Shimada. Shimmy. Just Shimmy? Mm-hmm, Shimmy. I feel like that's... Oh, that's a good one. Remember that uh, Yahoo guy whose name was Shingy, who was like their like product guru. I don't, I wow. don't know that. That's what I was going for. Shimmy, shimmy. Oh, I mean, shingy, I, uh, shimmy, shimmy. We got it. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy, y'all. We call this guy old dirty bastard. See, that's where I would have gone with okay. it. But right. I'm also well, not good at it. But mm -hmm. I like shimmy. Shimmy's good. Uh, and finally, uh, Drew Biederman. Ah, uh, woo. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call this guy old beater man. No, <laughs> very hold on. good. Uh, old beater man, <laughs> man uh, who old beat man. <laughs> he drives an old beater man. We call this guy a piece of shit car. All right, there mm -hmm. we go. Love it. Those are the mafia name shoutouts for this week. Once again, patreon.com slash broadcast. Eight dollar tier gets you a mafia name. And do it quick, because you know what? We only have a few more episodes left of this podcast. And very soon, 
we are going to uh, be letting you guys know what the next show is going to be. Um, I'll give you a little hint. We're not going to do The Sopranos again for anyone who thought that was what we yeah, were going to do. I mean, we could do it just like the second second uh, rewatch because obviously I think I would, it's going to be way different than the first. I think I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash broadcast. Get that shout out immediately. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Voicemail and email episode. Uh, mailbox episode coming up very soon. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop, stop believing. But Vito wants to wallow So his mom wants some money to move She has Tony Soprano It's a cup of cool It's a cup of cool Has one song to pay his debt Feeling ripped off again now Don't make some two jokes Should never let him borrow So Tony is broke from Keeps losing at gambling Oh, 200k And he pays the big Pays the big Pays the big Pays the big Pays the big
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.